When a business decides that they need a new website or what to start a new marketing campaign, most marketers will suggest starting with gathering insight from experts within the company, also known as subject matter experts. But how do you put these SMEs in a position to give you the insight that you need to do your job? That's the main topic we're diving into today as insight from those interviews can help drive the rest of the marketing ship. Hello again, Blythe Bromley with DigitalDispatch.io, and I'm happy to bring back a good buddy of mine for many years, Kyle McNaught of Freight Plus. He's also going to be helping us break down the tactics that he uses within his company in real-world situations to help you get the information needed to make your company shine. Hope y'all enjoy this one. Week. So knowing that inherent risk of creating content online, there's also a great reward to it because one underutilized tactic, but highly valuable is getting your subject matter expert interviews. And what's a subject matter expert and why are they essential for your marketing? Well, usually a subject matter expert is working in sales, they're working in customer service, maybe technology, and it's usually people who are talking directly with leads and customers. So that they're the, that first line of action for complaints, for praises, for product suggestions or service suggestions. Those reps, those subject matter experts are usually your first line of, of getting that insight and getting that, that information that you need as a marketer to do your job better. So the challenge here is that a lot of people, they don't necessarily want to do anything outside of their own job duties. And that means they don't want to answer your subject matter interview questions. They don't want to, uh, they, they don't want to take part in a webinar. So it's, it's, it's your job as a marketer in order to feel that situation out with your subject matter experts and then use them to, or not use them, but you're kind of using them. You're using their insight, but you're using their insight in order to set the company up for success. And so this, this strategy of using subject matter experts within the company in order to filter through all of the information that they've got in their head, uh, the information that they talked with, with other customers and leads and, and other, you know, vendors within the space, getting that insight out of their brain and into some kind of a video format, an audio format, or a written format. And so it's your job as a marketer in order to set them up for success. But my personal favorite uh, that I would like to give as far as, you know, setting those up for success in order to get the stuff that you need in order to do your job is creating interview style questions and getting multiple people to fill it out. I just did this the other day with one of my clients where I created a Google document, made it shareable, had a bit, a list of a bunch of interview style questions that are going to help me write their website copy much more efficiently. Now, if they're not a fan of doing interview style, if they don't really have the time to do interview style, you can set up a meeting with them and ask them these same questions just hit record, make sure that you're getting all of that insight down. And that's also a great opportunity to ask for follow-up questions as well. So conducting the interview via Zoom, asking them to be a part of a webinar, and also setting up the initial success of getting them to be involved by asking them to share their expertise. So possibly setting up a webinar to have you know that subject matter expert answer questions from people in their target audience, not necessarily having a sales angle around it, but just a Q&A type format that really goes a long way with a lot of subject matter experts because it allows them to sort of warm up to the situation and then dive into the insight that they already have in their brain and unlocking it. So that those are a few of my tips of how I like to get 
are sort of kicking and screaming and dragging that content out of your subject matter experts. That's usually the case that, that you have to uh, evaluate on a case-by-case basis. But one expert and getting people from within the company in order to become more comfortable with sharing their expertise is our next guest, Kyle. He is Kyle McNaught. He is the Director of Marketing for Freight Plus. And Kyle, I, I want to give people a little bit of a background of how we met. It was about 10 years ago, I think at least 10 years ago, back when we were both sort of in the sports and entertainment blogging days. And now we both find ourselves in the freight world and creating content. So welcome into the show. Thanks, Blythe. I mean, I was hoping we were going to talk a little Jay Cutler if we were doing reality star drama on the internet, but I guess we, we don't need to keep it very cavalier. We could talk a little marketing. But, I could um, talk very cavalier if you want to. <laughs> oh, I'm a big Jay fan. I got yelled at. But I almost got canceled because of how much I like Jay over Kat, uh, Kristen, but we don't need to be arguing. We don't need to get our comments being blown up right. about that. But <laughs> We're getting uh, canceled for that. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. But yeah, no, we met like probably 2010. Like we were laughing about it recently of like, we were doing video streaming, the stuff we're doing right, the thing you're doing right now, we were doing that 2010 before anyone else was doing it. So we met because you were doing Guys Girl, a really fun blog. We were talking back and forth and I was really reaching out to a ton of bloggers. It was part of a network. I did production. I was kind of doing what FreightWaves is doing right now. Uh, but we were doing more lifestyle stuff. Uh, but yeah, we brought we brought you on. You and I connected because of Duval. Uh, <laughs> so that was fun. Uh, and then we got to meet in person. We laughed when Massachusetts got hit by a hurricane and they all freaked out. And you and I were like, it's not even a category one. What are they freaking out about? Uh, so yeah, you and I do a weird crossing of paths. But how's it going, Blake? It's going very well. And I, I just, I, it's been a long time coming, get you, getting you on the show because we, we did a talk earlier in the year, you know, combating those, those freight marketing fears. And that went over really well with a lot of people and helping them to combat things and, and, in, in order to help them on their content marketing journey. But you've also been on a similar path where you're now at Freight Plus. You're the director of marketing there. You actually took over for Tim Dooner, who was, the, who worked there formerly doing a, a similar role, but you've taken what he started and you've really expanded on it and you're starting to do these subject matter experts. So, so tell us a little bit about your overall content strategy of, of what you're covering right now and how that's sort of evolved. Oh man, it evolves every single time, but mostly <laughs> what I started as is a marketer, right? You got to be able to pivot. Uh, it, it really was when I, when I first joined, I had done some stuff for a nonprofit, done a couple podcasts, limited run series. So I was kind of looking to get out of the nonprofit space and, uh, uh Jill Clifford over here at Freight Plus. She was a friend of my uncle. So we were talking back and forth because she knew I did podcasts. So I got to see what Dooner was doing. And I was like, oh, wow. I'm like, all right. I like how Dooner brings energy, right? Dooner knows how to have fun with it. So I was like, oh, it'd be kind of fun to do this. At that point in time, I didn't realize Dooner wasn't going to be there. So I was like, oh, okay. Dooner's not here anymore. Uh, But yeah, I got to do... I came in thinking, all right, I'll kind of stick with what I did with the nonprofit. I can do interviews. I've done enough behind the scenes. I know how to talk. Uh, and then I wanted to do limited run stuff. I wanted to do kind of like sit down with a, a company and go into their transportation program. Uh, so I had all these big pictures in my head of what I was going to do when I got here. And then I got here and the industry kicked my butt. I was like, what <laughs> is happening? I'm like, this is insane. This is so much more complex, so crazy. Everyone's using words, but I don't think I understand the words they're using. And like, I just quickly had to start learning. And that was kind of where... I, I just reached out to everyone in my group and I just started doing one-on-ones. Actually, I took what Adam Robinson said on a podcast a while, a while back about having like one-on-ones right away when you join. So I did that and I just got Love to really that. know the operation. 
And I think that was one of the coolest things I really realized within transportation is the operation folks have to be able to speak up and down like the entire company. They have to be able to talk to the warehouse. They have to be talking down to the first person here of what they're doing. Then they also got to report back to finance and the C-suite about what's happening, why stuff not getting somewhere. So they're really well-versed. Like I, I learned that like they're, they're good at communicating and talking to different types of people. So for me, it was all, I, I want thought leadership. I know that's where people buy, right? You're not buying from a company, not in today's age, you buy from people. So how much could I create thought leadership? How could I kind of get our voices out there? I mean, over COVID, we saw a million influencers pop up, right? Even in, in our space, somehow influencers came out of nowhere. <laughs> uh, and that's the type of thing. I, I always, I like that. Like you're connecting with people, you connect with personalities, you keep watching content for personalities, right? Dooner kills it because Dooner's a really good personality that you want to keep watching. Uh, but Dooner's also Dooner. Not everyone could be Dooner. So how do you kind of capture that type of stuff? And that's where I kind of think about when I'm creating the content. And I love that you said that when you first got in there, you used the, the insight from Adam in order to have these one-on-one interviews, because I think that that's where the, the majority of great content comes from is because you're also using that what you don't know is also likely what your customer doesn't know or your prospective customer doesn't know. So, so what kind of content, I guess, were you creating at first or versus you kind of covered that already, but what kind of content are you creating now? Have you found that your education has expanded since then? And so now you're, you're more comfortable in diving into more complex topics with your, with your SMEs? I, I found that I could actually ask follow-up questions. The first couple of <laughs> times I wrote out all my questions and I'd just be like, all right, cool. And I could be like, listen, know how to do a call to action, do all that stuff. And then I, I've slowly gotten better and learned the industry a little bit more where I can ask follow-up questions. But I credit that to my thought leaders. I, all my SMEs on staff are just patient with me. Uh, but I also, I play the dumb role, right? I sit there and say, mm-hmm. like, I'm the one who doesn't understand this. Explain it to me. So I'm, I'm talking more or less to the least common denominator. But at the same time, I, I've, been able to facilitate and grow my team, grow the people, my SMEs around where they can do interviews. They can talk out, they can bring people on the show, which is what I really want. I shouldn't be in front of the camera. I'm a behind the scenes guy. This face was not made to be in front of anything. Uh, So that's why I'm trying to stay behind the camera and have my SMEs talk because they speak the language. They know what someone's actually thinking, right? I can sit in on a client call. I can hear concerns. I can hear worries. I can read. For the most part, right, what I'm concerned about, what keeps me up at night doesn't keep our clients, doesn't keep our prospects up at night. So that's where I really try to have the SMEs talking back and forth because they know how to put it in a language that automatically you're going to hear if I'm a prospect. It's like, oh, my gosh, Chris Peckham, our VP of ops, he's talking so high level. I know you love his content, but like he does it in a way that you're like, oh, wow, this really connects. This is why LTL capacity right now is insane and what I could be expecting to kind of come back. Now, for, for an example, like Chris, is is that a situation where he was a natural from the get-go, or did you help sort of coach him through some of those those different talks? Like, did he know exactly what to talk about when he sits down for the first time, or is it a natural progression? I, I lucked out. Uh, I, I won't <laughs> lie. I, I got very, very lucky. I do have some people that I've had to coach. I've had to bring them along. Chris Peckham, uh, if you've ever watched any of my stuff, is such a natural. But it, where he's come from, he, he's been doing this forever. He's one of those ones I talked about that he was doing. He was talking high level to like to the warehouse guys. To everyone like he could talk to anyone. He's an awesome guy. Um, the thing that I, with Chris I had to get over was being intimidated because he's very matter of fact and like, well, I'm trying to play the dumbest person in the room, so I'm talking <laughs> to this guy who's like, I don't have time. 
but he, luckily for me, he was super patient. Uh, and he was very, he, his wife's a marketer too. So he kind of understands what's happening. So he helps me out. And then his wife's like, Oh yeah, just tell him this. He's like, not that bright. You can talk to him I'm like, all right. I'm like, Chris is the brightest guy I know. What are you talking about? <laughs> now, I think we have actually a whiteboard video that you sent over. I, I think we're going to actually put that up now um, of you setting your subject matter experts up for success and sort of right. talk us through, I guess, what, what's going on in, in this video. So this is the big thing, especially as a marketer, you got to recognize, like, have a kind of idea of what you're trying to do and then be prepared for it to not work. This is me talking to Jess Apostolou, our newest uh, director of customer solutions. And really, I'm trying to show her how to create this content. Ignore how I misspelled preparedness uh, up top because <laughs> I didn't see a red squiggly line, so it didn't tell me it was misspelled. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of showing her like, here's how you can illustrate it. And like, you're not really hearing anything, but this is me walking her through how to say this type of stuff. Because what I did was we shot, right? So she's going through Dim's weights, talking about notes preparedness, but she just kind of talked. And I was like, all right, well, here's how we can kind of think of this way. And like trying to show her a different example. But at the same time, if you watch this video, the final outcome, she didn't draw any of that stuff because that's not what her skill set is. She doesn't draw to kind of exemplify what she's talking about. So hmm. I was able to kind of like listen to what she's saying, know that in post I can kind of do what I, I'm going to do, but trying to talk her through and also make them comfortable. I mean, that's the biggest thing, right? When you're, when you're interviewing, when you're creating subject matter expert content, half the battle is just their nerves. They're in their own head. They probably wrote something in their head that they want to say. And no one else in the entire world has no idea that they wrote down, but like if they didn't say it right, they stumble over it. They freak out. That's like a good thing I find all the time. It's like, oh, I well, I didn't say how I wanted to say it. It's like, no one cares. Like no one knew that you were going to say it a way you thought right. you were going to say it. Say it naturally. Like don't make this a marketing thing. If we went on marketing, I would have done this. I want you to talk natural, which is kind of a way that... Uh, things I've learned from, uh, I used to work with the sports anchor here in Boston and like the ways he kind of got people into the interviews. It's a lot of like talking beforehand, like before you even start filming, they're like, what you saw right there was me. Like you just constantly rolling because you're kind of getting them into the mood of talking. Like when we would talk to even like sports players, like we would talk to Matt light of the new England Patriots and like Matt light, you'd be joking around back and forth for about five minutes before you even got him to do the thing that he was there to promote. Because you had to have him kind of, you had to build a repertoire, which is a big thing with SMEs. Even like people you work with every single day, they're not comfortable. If you're recording video, they absolutely aren't comfortable. Uh, even if you're writing down stuff, they're saying a lot of times someone's going to stop. So have a natural conversation and then listen's a big thing I really picked up on. Like you, you got to listen. Sometimes someone's not going to say some uh, something in a way you thought they would. Be ready to ask a follow-up question. I mean, try to like think about how they're talking. Think about what that final product is going to be is things that I'm trying to do. I love that because so then you're going to the subject matter expert, you're, you're breaking down the, the cell of why you want their perspective. And so you're sort of easing a little bit of those initial concerns because you're giving them a plan of what you want to talk about. And then you're having a conversation before you ever hit record. I love that part because that, that is, is so key. Even, even for me before this show, like I'll listen to music. I'm, I'm having, you know, chats with, with Crystal, our producer, our producer before the show. So it, it helps me get into that talking mood before before we go live. So I, I love that insight. And I would also add that having some water for them, because naturally, anytime you're nervous, and the lights are on you, and you know, between audio and video, and all that stuff, it makes you nervous. And so you instantly get dry mouth. And so having some water for them, so they can initially sip on and just have, I guess that that 
that hand fixation that they can hold something, I think goes a long way too, because I know that it, it helps me and it helps um, some of the people that I interview. So I, I, I think that those are fabulous insights. So you, you've done the interview, you, you've done the hard work of getting them to share their expertise. What happens after the interview is completed? Oh, the interview is the easy part half the time. The hard part is like, all right, he was not good on camera. How am I going to piece together this puzzle? Uh, a lot of times it, it's just kind of hearing it out, laying it out. Uh, transcribing is huge. I, I love transcribing stuff, uh, especially if, if maybe the video wasn't going to work. I'm not technically going to give up on that piece of content. So I'm like, all right, what can I do? Transcribe the content, be able to see it in word form be able to kind of edit it from there. My, my background's editing, right? My background's video. So it's a little unfair to say like copy what I do, but that's one of the big, the tricks I've learned is kind of transcribe. So you can at least see on paper kind of what you have to work with. Uh, that's a really, that's a key. Um, follow-ups important, really making them feel like they didn't blow up everything. I mean, in today's age, I know in our webinar, we talked about how cheap everything is and like, we know that because we saw the budget. We saw when we purchased this stuff. But it's one of those things, a reminder, like, hey, this content, it, it's a it's a marathon, not a sprint, right? So what that, that video didn't come out how we liked it. Uh, even some of my best SMEs, their videos, were for, as a matter of fact, I have a video right now that we're going to cancel or not cancel culture, but we're, we're going to pivot on because we didn't like how it came out. But that's fine mm -hmm. because we didn't hire a film crew. We didn't hire lighting. We didn't hire anything. As you can tell with my lighting back here, there's plenty I still have to figure out. Um, but like, it's all, it's all good, right? Like it's cheap to create this content. And like, we're just kind of learning as we go. Like, what, what are you comfortable with? What do you like? That type of stuff. And, and I think going back to our, our, talk that we had earlier in the year, using some of the equipment that you have, especially in an office, everybody has an iPhone. So mm -hmm. a lot of this content, you can, as long as you're making the, as long as the information is solid and you're making that information clear, you know, with good audio, with decent audio, I would say, and, and decent video, which is a lot of what cell phones provide nowadays. That's something that you can also use in your strategy as well. Are, are you guys, you know, still using mobile cameras or, or mobile phones and then evolving into cameras? How is your equipment? Been, I guess, sort of evolved during this process? Because you obviously have a, a, a brand new, or it looks brand new to me, studio space. Yeah, no, don't be fooled. This is absolutely a <laughs> DIY thing. I mean, I can already see this thing that drives me nuts. Uh, so this was me, right? I created this. It's a one-person team here with my intern, Lucy. Massive shout out. Oh, yeah, there's some of the Ryan Schreiber. So like, <laughs> it looks kind of impressive, but it's not. Trust me, if I'm already thinking about how I messed up this type of stuff. But yeah, that was a big thing that we created right there that you're seeing on screen. But I forever was having to pivot. I was having to go to other places. I was using anywhere I could to shoot. Uh, the phone is key. Your phone can shoot in 4K, uh, especially if, if you have a newer phone. You can shoot in 4K. You can export that stuff. You can get really, really high quality stuff. And the best thing about 4K is most computer screens, you're watching the stuff in 720 which I'm, I'm geeking out a little too much on this for you, but <laughs> you, you can, you, you don't, you shoot in 4k because then you have this huge frame that you can kind of cut very, a ton of stuff without having to worry about it. It's going to look mm -hmm. horrible. Um, that's just me video nerding on you guys. So, so I'm sorry about that <laughs> tip. That's a horrible marketing no worries. tip. 
we're yeah. all in a growth process here. Yeah. Um, so a, a, another one of my uh, my favorite interviews that you guys do is is the the series that you alluded to earlier w- with Chris, which it's it's a roundup of the industry news because as a marketer, it's very tough to keep up with everything that's going on in marketing and then also everything that's going on in transportation. It's a lot. Um, so your your shows really help me just get to the digest of why this is important and and what we can gain from it. And it's in a, a month. I think you do these shows monthly. So mm-hmm. for shows like this, are you helping you, you know experts like Chris and other people within the company? Are you helping them with talking points? Are they coming to the show? Or are they coming to the recording with uh, bullet points already in hand of exactly what they want to talk about? I create a rough outline. I mean, that's that's another tip. Create a rough outline. Send that as soon as you possibly can. Let people go through that. And essentially what I'm saying is like, here's where I'm thinking I'm going to go. And again, it's a conversation, so I might take it a different way. Um, but no, that's 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 what the beauty of subject matter experts, right? They, they're subject matter experts. They know what they're going to talk about. I basically say, Chris, truckload mode, what happened in the month of June? And then he takes off. It's on me to stay educated of what's actually happening in the industry so I can have decent follow-up, which if you talked to me two years ago, I was like, oh, cool, next topic. I'm getting better <laughs> at learning the things and having good follow-up. Uh, but yeah, no, that's that's my subject matter experts. I mean, honestly, I even got the idea because I sit on, on client calls and I just listen to Chris talking to them because it's the same questions the clients ask. It's the same questions the audience ask. It's the same questions the prospects ask, which is the big thing. Chris answers. So it's like, all right. I'm like, let me just capture that. I'm like, how do I capture that in a way that we don't have to worry about prospects or clients being mad because I like I captured them without them being aware. We do it in just like, I'll be the client. I'll just ask those questions. I love that because I used to have to do that at my former jobs and there you gain so much insight by just listening in on the calls that the sales team has or, or really any executive has, as long as you're allowed to sit in on, on some, obviously some of those meetings are a little um, too high <laughs> yeah. level for, for the, the information to escape out there. But after you are listening in on these calls, you're, you're doing these interviews, are you taking any of the insights and the information that you gain from those? And how are you turning that into, you know, an evolving marketing strategy? Is it, are you adding this to the website? Are you adding this to email campaigns? Walk, walk me through that distribution process for you. Oh, geez. Like my whole marketing strategy now is based off that market report. The market report mm. comes out monthly. So our clients get access to that market report a week before anyone else does. So we send it out to oh, them. Cool. They can set up one-on-ones with our our experts and stuff like that. So they get to talk to Chris about what's happening, things like that. And sure, that's happening all the time. But at least this is like a little like special day this happens. Uh, A week after that happens, I also, during the week that it goes out to the clients, I record the podcast. I edit all the clips. So I'll edit the highlight stuff, stuff to promote. But then I also take chunks. So if you ever watch it, I, I am very specific. And it's only showing Chris when I'm like, all right, tell me what happened in the month of June for truckload or for a less than truckload or for ocean. And I do that on purpose because I clip that out. And then throughout the month, we have just clips of all that stuff. So if you want the full market report, you can go, it's behind the gate, just give us an email uh, at freeplus.io. Or uh, you can go spend the month, uh, ocean will be up one day, it's every Tuesday, Thursday, we release a blog where we're kind of typing up what he talked about, we take a little bit about what's in the market report and try to like, create a little piece of content from it. I'm also like yesterday we were talking about how do we create some more stuff? How do I create white papers? How do we do case studies? Things like that. So it's like it's a fly with a pinwheel, right? I mean, it's we create one piece of content, but you should be able to use that everywhere. 
And then sometimes it doesn't work. So like, what are you going to do? Just kind of be ready to pivot. I mean, that's the one tricky thing with SMEs is they're SMEs because everyone wants their expert, their, their knowledge. So sometimes you have to be ready for them to be busy, uh, which is a fun time. So how do you, I guess, you know, coming up on, on a couple different, you know, final questions. So how are you the ultimate like ROI question, which if you're in marketing and you're producing the kind of content that you're doing, you can feel the benefits of it, but you can't necessarily show it in a report. How are you conveying the things that you can show versus the things that you can feel? If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. So it, we do, I, I use my, my newsletter, right? I mean, the email is the one channel that we own. And so far, it's a channel you can actually know stuff with uh, because everything else is getting taken away from us. Thanks a lot, uh, horrible privacy <laughs> people. Uh, so I, I, we do blast it out monthly. Uh, that is something that we like, keep my list clean, keep it filled with the kind of prospects, what I want for leads and stuff like that. We have an ICP, so ideal customer profile. What I'm doing is essentially promote or showcasing like, all right, how many people were sent the email? How many of them were in my target market? How many of them are actually in our CRM? Like it just capturing that type of stuff. It, it, it's that long play. It's all business development. So my sales team can see in the CRM that this, this prospect opened this thing. They're aware of it. They also use that content. So I have a whole content library that has metadata and stuff that they can pull out. And then they can send it to so-and-so in the food bev, who's food beverage industry, who's dealing with ocean freight right now, or the reefer uh, capacity issues. They have right. the ability to not just send a report, but they can send video clips. They can send all this type of stuff. I, That's I, cool. I, yeah, I pivot quick. So I try to give like the less than 30 second content to those guys as fast as possible. But it's a... Uh, it's a lot. So that's the other thing I'm running into is it, it almost overwhelms people for with how much I can create. So trying to figure out how I can kind of keep it easier to digest for internally so they can use it properly is one of those things that I'm working on because you're always working on stuff. Here. <laughs> right. A website is never complete ever. And especially if you're building a content library, it, it's something in the back of my mind as we speak, because I know that I have a lot of content, but I have to be able to present it in a way that is not as intimidating as just showing up and seeing a million different videos to watch because no one, right. they're just going to get intimidated and, and then go away. And then the timing too. Like, I know I hear that all the time of like, Hey, I see anything over 15 minutes. I'm cutting out. Which I we yeah, I had a huge rant on one of your LinkedIn posts about this, or I think it might have been a message. But oh God, I hate that. I hate the whole idea that like short, 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 short. I'm like, it's not how it works. It's short because that's hard. To, it's hard to capture someone's attention if they're not engaged with you. But if they're engaged and you're doing good content, people stick around. It's right. you know, such a crazy. I was, I was talking with a marketing buddy, like we were about to see the Fast and Furious movie. So of course we were talking marketing beforehand. Uh, which also see that movie if you haven't, it's amazing. Uh, if you try to buy the rights for that one, uh, freight waves, uh, I'll jump in, I'll do the mystery <laughs> science with you for that for sure. Uh, but yeah, we were talking about like, it's not, it's not attention spans have gone down. It's that there's so much content and the whole problem is like, you, you don't go viral, right? You don't do that. You have to be able to keep creating stuff. And we were talking about the difference between what Bo Burnham did and how he's still extremely popular, extremely well on the internet, even though he started doing small little viral clips compared to a David bit my or David after dentist or the Charlie bit my finger guy who I had to meet. But like those little <laughs> viral sensations don't go anywhere. That's the difference. Right. Like if you, you create content, if it's long, sure, it's going to be a hard time to build your audience. But 
if you're making engaging content, that's what matters. And that's the thing that drives me crazy. And I have no idea how I got here. And I mentioned David after dentist. So this is a win. <laughs> it's in, just an evolution of our content creation ah, journey. This is but I love what you said. <laughs> It's creating that short form clips in order to entice users into the long form content that has the quality in it. So I think that that's the ultimate takeaway is setting up your interviewees for success that you can create that distribution in order to get the short clips that lead to the long form uh, content. So Kyle, where can people follow more of your work and Freight Plus? Freightplus.io is the website. Uh, on LinkedIn, that's a really good location. A lot of engaging stuff we're doing there. So LinkedIn, just search Freightplus. Uh, and that's spelled out P-L-U-S. Yep, just like that. <laughs> uh, and then YouTube's another great place. I, I, again, I'm a video guy, so that's where I feel most comfortable. That's the area I like to swim in. So search us Freightplus on YouTube. Subscribe. We do a ton of, we do our podcast. The whole video version goes up there. I do whiteboards. That was sort of the B-roll you saw. And then kind of fun things. I'm always trying new stuff. So that's a place to check us out. Love it. Big fan of all of your work. Thank you again, Kyle, for coming on the show. Absolutely. Blythe, have a great day. (laughs) Thank you, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Digital Dispatch Podcast. As always, you can find each show I publish along with more insight over on my website, digitaldispatch.io. If you like this podcast, then I think you'll love another show that I host, Cyberly, which covers the attention economy, B2B marketing, tech, and how it all ties into the world of logistics. That show airs every Thursday from 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, live on FreightWaves TV. There are also some links to my social media accounts along with my products and services that might be of interest to you. You can find them in the show notes or again over on my website at digitaldispatch.io. If you found this episode interesting and or entertaining, be sure to share it with a friend. Word of mouth is the best kind of marketing and since podcast discoverability has and remains an issue in this medium, I trust and rely on folks like yourself that will share it with those who would also find it useful. Until next time, my name is Blythe Brumleaf and I will see you real soon.